Welcome, folks, to the Andy Social Podcast. My name is Andy Dowling. If we haven't been introduced before, well, shit, there's a good intro for you. Uh, I also play bass in the Australian metal band Lord. So if you are into a bit of old school heavy metal, you can go to lord.net.au where you can give our tunes a crack. In addition to being a heavy metaler, I also host the Self Starter podcast, which is all about small business, self-employment and freelancing. You can go to selfstarter.com.au or you can search for Self Starter on in your preferred podcast player. So if you're into that kind of stuff or you're self-employed yourself, then you can go and check that all out, selfstarter.com.au. And a big thank you to everybody that's been supporting that podcast. It's still fairly new. Um, It's been a bit of a challenge getting that up and running, but I'm really happy with what it's doing so far and really excited to see where it goes in the future. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Speaking of thank yous, if you are new to the podcast, first of all, Thank you. Uh, each and every week of the Andy Social Podcast, I do a shout out. I do a public thank you to somebody that supports me, supports one of the podcasts, supports the band, whatever it might be. And it can be small or big. It could be buying merch, shouting your beer via andysocial.net. It could be leaving a review on Facebook or iTunes or somewhere else on the internet. It could be something as simple as just shooting me a message or leaving a, a, an encouraging comment or doing social media good stuff like liking and retweeting and all that kind of stuff. Whatever it is, big or small, it doesn't matter. It fuels my fire, keeps me motivated, makes me happy um, and gets me through some of those tougher times. <laughs> whinge, whinge, whinge. Um, but it means a hell of a lot to me. So with that in mind, this week's shout out is for Adrian Barham. Barham? Barham. 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 Sounds awfully close to Farnham. Okay. Anyway, sorry, I was getting sidetracked. <laughs> Adrian from Adelaide has been supporting the podcast for quite a while now and um, an absolute champ. He's bought uh, merchandise from me and I always see photos popping up on Facebook where he's uh, strutting the uh, Andy Social t-shirt um, heading out to metal gigs in Adelaide. So I really appreciate the rep and um, spreading the word in the Adelaide metal scene. So thank you very much, Adrian. Really appreciate it. Please send me a message on Facebook or wherever, and I will hook you up with something. I'm looking around the room. I'm sure I can find something weird and wonderful to send out in the post to you because, let's face it, we all love getting something in the mail. So if I can find something, I'll flick it out to you. So thank you so much, Adrian. Really appreciate the support. It means a hell of a lot to me. This week's guest... I'm going to cut right to the chase. It's with Paul Holmes. Paul Holmes rode his motorcycle from London to Wollongong. If you don't understand where these two places are in context to each other, there is a little bit of a distance in between. It took Paul six and a half months and had to ride through 22 countries to get from, oh, thanks. Yep. I know it's impressive, Larry, my cockatiel there, to ride his motorcycle from London to Wollongong. And I'm going to go through some stats in the moment, but I don't know if anyone remembers the old uh, TV series. Well, not really. Old is not, well, it's 10 years ago. So it's probably old. But um, the old TV series called Long Way Round with Ewan McGregor and Charlie, uh, Charlie, Charlie Borman, I think. And um, when I heard about Paul's story, I instantly thought of this TV series from years and years ago, this documentary that was put together. Yeah, I know. It's really impressive, Larry. I know. Just calm down. Um, and I instantly thought of this TV series and it made me go back and watch it again because it's one of the coolest doco slash TV series I've ever seen. It's really, really inspiring. And um, I was just really excited when I heard what Paul had achieved um, in this trek. And uh, so if anyone wants to go and check out that uh, Long Way Around TV series, I'll put a link somewhere. I'm sure it's on like, I don't know, Netflix or Amazon Prime or one of those streaming services or something like that. It'll probably be easier to find. It's probably on DVD in an op shop somewhere. So go and find it. Anyway, back to Paul. Uh, So Paul has done this mammoth trek and he's planning to do more of them. He wants to go around the entire planet, but this first trek was just such a mammoth one for him. And he gave me a bunch of stats just and because I, I, I wanted to paint a bit more color and context before we dive into the story because it's just it's just incredible. Like I don't think I could ever do this, but he went and did this by himself and just I don't know. I'm going to stop gushing, but so it took him six and a half months to do it. 31,000 kilometers, 22 countries. I've got a list of countries. I'm Actually, I'm going to go through them. Uh, so the countries, bear with me, guys. Uh, England, Isle of Man, Wales, France, Spain, Andorra, Switzerland, Italy, Slovenia, Croatia, Bosnia, Montenegro, Albania, Greece, Turkey, Iran, Pakistan, India, Nepal, Malaysia, Thailand, Indonesia, and then, of course, back home into Australia. 
insane. Um, the cheapest fuel that he had on the trip on the trip was thirty four cents a liter. Fuck, I wish. Uh, the hottest temperature was forty three degrees on the Nullarbor. Uh, highest altitude was three thousand nine hundred meters. The most kilometers he rode in one day was eight hundred and ninety kilometers. And he gave me a list of some of his uh, memorable moments, and I'll just touch on a few of them because he gave me quite a few, which. No surprises here, given given what he's achieved. But um, some of them was uh, doing the the lap of the Isle of Man TT course, the um, uh, motorcycle. What, what what's it called? Tourist something. Anyway, you guys know what it means. Um, Gallipoli Anzac Cove sunrise, uh, Nepal Himalayas, the Nullarbor sunset. Yeah, that's right. He rode across the Nullarbor from Perth to get back home to Wollongong. You know, as you do. Um, Saw wild camels in the South Iranian desert. He turned 34 on a smoking volcano in Iran's uh, Mount Damavand. Um, Slept in a prison. Um, He also had a couple of crashes along the way. And just the the most insane story. Like, just so cool. And um, I I look at him and I I see what he achieved. And I just think, man, I don't know if I could do that. And um, just for him to be able to do it on his own was just really, really cool. So, enough of all that. Um, You can follow... Paul on Instagram, if you search for at scrambler, so S-C-R-A-M-B-L-E-R underscore A-D-V-R on Instagram. So you can go and check that out. I'll put links in the show notes over at andysocial.net, um, including a bunch of photos from his trip. But um, what a cool guy. What an amazing story. He's going to go off again next year in 2019 for his next trek, which is going to be epic. Um, and it's just incredible. So please enjoy this episode with Paul Holmes. How you doing? Good, good. Awesome. We're yeah. um, hanging out at Cabbage Tree. I haven't been here for a while. Yeah, no one really comes here, I don't think. <laughs> well, I drove past and I thought, it looks, like, it, lo- it looks like nothing's changed, but I came in, they've actually pumped a little bit of money into yeah, it. It's yeah. a bit cleaner now. Yeah. I think um, I think the last time, we actually played a couple of shows here. We played one in the front bar, yeah. in the carpet, in the corner of the room, and then I think there's like a little function room in the back or something. Yeah, this is the new live, live music venue. Right? Oh, so they, they yeah, are still yeah, playing shows yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, I think they are, yeah. It's pretty good. Oh, okay. So. Well, there we go. Well, um, yeah, thanks for coming and having a chat. We're good, no got worries. A, got a few dumb questions to ask you, so yeah. bear with me. But um, how long have you been back in, back in the country? Um, well, I got back uh, just before Australia Day, so 24th, 25th, 24th, something like that. Oh, so it's not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're still coming uh, coming back to terms with everyday life? Still getting back in the swing of things, yeah. So um, I'll give a bit of context uh, at the beginning of this episode just to explain what you're all about, what you've been doing. But um, do you want to give a quick rundown of what the last, because it was about six months that you were Yeah, away? it was six and a half months, basically, when I, uh, just a little bit over six and a half months, um, 30,000 kilometres plus. Uh, I don't really know. My bike speedos out, so but it's definitely <laughs> over thirty. Um, yeah, I rode back from London on my bike to some. Why not across the world? People don't think it can be done, but uh, well, there's a lot go. of land in between. Yeah, so. I mean, have you seen? Um, I watched this. There was a documentary that came out years and years ago. It was a TV series with you and McGregor. Yeah, yeah. Long way round or yep. long way down. There's two of them, I think. Yeah, well, that was sort of a um, little spark for me. You know. Yeah, it was good. I like yeah. that. I remember watching that about, oh, I don't know when that came, about 10 years ago. Yeah, I was yeah. sitting there going, I don't know how to ride a motorbike, but I want to get one now yeah. and just do it because Magic. it seems so cool. Yeah. So yeah. was that something, I mean, because I, I, I think there was some other motivators there to, to do it, but was that one of the things it that was, sort of sparked it? It was one of, the, one of the main things, like from years ago when I seen it, I think that was 2004 when that yeah, came out. Yeah, But uh, I was a bit young then, and yeah. uh, over the time, like I just, I've always loved motorbikes and I love traveling, so I sort of put the two together. Yeah. Went and seen the world with my bike. Pretty cool. Was yeah. there was there a moment? Like, I mean, obviously, because you've been thinking about it for a while. But was there a sort of a moment where it sort of just clicked and you went, "Fuck it, I got I just got to do it now." Yeah. Well, the the whole thing with um, like um, everyone's mortality. You know, like yeah. I seen some um, my dad's good friend, one of my cousins. She didn't really. She's only the same age as me, and she. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's all over for her, unfortunately. Um, and you got to learn learn from these people's lessons. So, um, I sort of dropped everything. It was like I'm not waiting. Well, you never know what the next day is yeah, going to bring. Yeah. So, I, man, I, yeah. I eat a bunch of McDonald's sometimes, so it's like, well, you know, <laughs> you're I'm not the healthiest individual. <laughs> yeah, why not? I guess yeah. um, I guess when you don't know what the future's going to bring, That's it's it. sort of like, you know, before you know it, you can just miss that opportunity. That's it, exactly right. Everyone thinks they've got guaranteed 80 years, you know, Yeah. every day. No you never way. know. How much, I mean, from when you sort of thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this happen, what was the period of time before that and the day that you actually got on that bike and started riding um it was probably eight months i'd say just um with the 
you got to factor in all like um, the different seasons, you know. So yep. I couldn't I couldn't go over there uh, to Europe in the middle of winter. Ugh. It wouldn't have been fun. No. Um, yeah, things like that, and uh, finances. I had to do a lot of visa organizing, like organizing and whatnot. Yeah. That's the painful part, like organizing visas for every country. Because. Um, uh, bike bike papers. It was like twenty odd countries or something like that. Twenty two in the end, yeah. Jeez. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of you. Europe was easy. You don't need a visa for any yeah. of that stuff, but yeah. um, you still need bike papers because taking an Australian registered bike across the world, you rock up at um, at borders and they just don't know what what's going on. So I, I would it's assume a bit confusing. I would assume by like towards the end of the trip, your your, your message to each of these people at the borders is pretty it's yeah pretty slick. You've yeah, got, yeah you've that's got right. Yeah, yeah. the f- first time it was a bit confusing for me too, but by the end of it, yeah, it's all yeah. Good. Did you have to, I mean, thinking about like the different visas, especially I'm assuming probably through the Middle East and parts of Asia as well, you, that probably would have been more important than, as you said, like the first sort of few countries through Europe. Mm. But, I mean, what did you do from a money point of view? Did you have to, I mean, obviously you've got an account that you can, you know, you get your safety net there, but did you have to bring some different currencies just as a bit of yeah. backup just to keep Cur- you going? currency was a bit painful, like even in Europe, like all of a sudden, I don't know much about Europe myself, but I when I went through most places took euro and then all of a sudden you got to have the like Swiss francs or whatever they are and then you got to go to uh, you got to get the Croatian kruna yeah all, all of a sudden I'm like are these places in the EU or what yeah yeah. so they all got their own and it sort of throws you out a bit and then the next second you got pockets full of money that you don't even like it's just confusing just, you know so. just this shrapnel yeah thing. yeah I'll still have it <laughs> yeah. you get to the border and you're like and then you can't exchange it and it's like oh well oh yeah, yeah that's souvenirs stuff, that's it yeah. and um and by the end of the trip, you're probably carrying an extra like several kilos yeah, of, yeah. Yeah, of spare change. Well, I had a lot of coins, and I, I had a crash up in um, the Himalayas and lost all my coins up in the mountains. So I sort of give that was a gift for the mountain. Oh fuck! All right. <laughs> I'll get to that in a moment. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, was, I was just thinking, like, because I mean, with me and the band, and like Ty being in the band um, back in the day in, in Lord, a lot of what we do is like DIY. So we we spend like if we're going to do a tour we've got to plan it we've got to put everything together we've got to logistics we've got to work out all the all the little tiny things that seem to be not a big deal but they can be yeah. a big deal so little travel things and decisions mm. that are made but for you know a six six and a half month yeah. expedition through 22 countries um, that's a I mean did you how much of it was pre-planned or how much of it was sort of like I'll just kind of not wing it but yeah. just see go with the flow a little bit yeah well I didn't really, that, that was one thing I didn't want to do I didn't want to plan everything and put a time frame and everything as such just um, so Europe was open time frames had to I had to have a little bit of a time frame with yeah. my visas like yeah. you have an entry time yeah, and then you can only be in there for a certain amount of time uh, so that sort of um, put me on a bit of a, a schedule but yeah I mean uh, the planning it was a bit painful, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, riding the bike was the easiest part. So. <laughs> Once you're actually on your way, then that's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's all, everything leading up to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a painful thing. I just, I mean, even for us, if you just go and play interstate, that's like a painful thing to go through and just organising. Yeah. Especially, I mean, it's a different because I guess we've got multiple people we've got to be accountable for mm. and, and plan for, where it's, you just did this on your own. Yeah, yeah. But um, to have multiple places where the rules change yeah. every, every single place you go to. Yeah, um, I, I yeah. found um, not being in a rush helps. Yeah. You get to borders, if you're in a rush, you're not getting anywhere. Oh, yeah. You just got to go with it. Set the Let expectations low. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. What, um, from a visa point of view, which which country had like the weirdest or the most sort of restrictive sort of um, hoops that you had to jump through? Well, I think the hardest visa to get was... Um, it would have been India, actually, because oh, I took really? I had to drive up to Sydney to get that one. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, but with the re- um, like Pakistan, that was easy just yeah. to send it off, and then they sent it back to Sweet. me. Iran, that was easy too. Yeah. I thought that would be pretty yeah. difficult. You know, like, there's a little te- little bit of tension between sort yeah. of you know, the West, I guess. Yeah. The US still. Yeah. Yep. But um, that that was that was great. So it was India, yeah. So you have to go to the consulate. Yeah, I had to go to the consulate, that. pay a bunch of money. You know, the visas cost a bunch of money. It's yeah. crazy. So. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, because I think um, we've gone to the US and we've had to jump through hoops with the US. So yep. we were talking about someone else um, before and, and the hoops that they've got to jump through. And we had, we had performance visas, so we had to actually yeah. go up to up to Sydney and then do the interviews yep. and pay all like the million different fees for, yeah. and ticking all these different boxes in a million different forms. And mm-hmm. 
all the criteria and photographs and information and yep. proof that you're going to be there and what you're doing yeah for. you're not going to earn money or whatever it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just taking jobs from americans blah 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 oh, all yeah. that sort of yeah. stuff yeah so um just just the, the volume of countries and i know that the US and I think probably even Australia if people come into Australia it's probably pretty difficult as well yeah, so yeah, yeah. but um, I would have assumed yeah there would have been a couple of a yeah. couple of difficult ones that you would have had to a bit of admin yeah well I mean going through Iran yeah that's put me in a category now for, for if I travel oh, yeah. in the future yeah. if I go into the states I can't get a an online visa anymore apparently yeah I've yeah. actually got to go to the consulate and explain why I was in Iran blah 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 and it just shows the tension's still there so. Well, when we when we did our uh, visa interviews and we went through this, it was sort of like a kiosk thing. I don't know if it's the same with the Indian consulate. Yeah. And you sort of sit, stand there in a line, you wait for your turn, yeah. sort of like going to the the RMS and yeah, get your yeah, ticket exactly, or something yeah. like that. And then you go up to the counter. But there was a guy that was across from us and he looked like he was originally from the Middle East or had a Middle Eastern background. But yeah. um, I overheard what he was saying and the whole reason he was there is because he had travelled to Iran yeah. and that was the place. And so yeah. he was getting grilled over the counter by the yeah. American just saying why are we there what are we doing there why would you go there you know yeah, yeah, he's exactly, just like yeah. oh well I had family there so I was going to visit yeah. but who are they you know but yeah, like, yeah. just totally drilling yeah. in I was like oh man it's it's crazy and part of it you sort of get but then half of it is like what's reality and what's yeah, like yeah that's right like I had no issue while I was in that country yeah because they're friendly people you know because I saw a couple of comments where you just said like it was just like yeah. this place that totally contradicts like everything yeah, that yeah. we hear anyway yeah. yeah it was it was um it's completely opposite to what the media put, um, portrays it as you know yeah, well, strange. From all those countries that you visited, was was there a few like that were sort of eye openers as far as you know your, what you thought beforehand or what you'd learnt or been told yeah. and seen on TV? Once you got there, you just went, "No, nah, this is a completely different." Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, t- Turkey, all the um, history with like um, wars between Australia and Turkey and mm. all, you know, all that stuff, World War One. They um, they got nothing but time for the Australians over there. They really. Mm really um nice to australians yeah. just because I, I guess from what i i spoke to a few of them over there they have yeah. respect for the strange soldiers the way they fought you know yeah so they were just really nice and yeah. like wanted to talk and yeah it was uh it was interesting that like, yeah. turkey was great Iran, they were really nice pakistan they were nice but they, i didn't really get to uh, mingle too much with them because i had security the whole time so, you had security yeah, while you were there? Yeah, from one end of the country to the other. Was that part of the requirement that you came to? Or you, no, just, you it's made just a government. Decision? The government does, doesn't want you to um, get in any trouble. I guess, I guess uh, their, tourism, their so, tourism is slowly building there. And yeah. anytime someone di- a foreigner dies, I guess it's big news for any yeah. other country, you know? So it could be seen as partly for your protection, but it's yeah. probably more for them to protect That's themselves right. to make yeah, sure that they're control. Because it was, it was a nightmare. Yeah. Their, their security... They tried, but yeah, uh, they put me more in harm's way than anything. Yeah, right. It's just calamity. Like just drawing attention. Drawing attention. Yeah. Like car, their cars barely ran, broke down half the time. <laughs> I didn't even have a car at one point. I had to double one of my like the one security personnel. He was wow. on my bike up with one seat. And oh he had his man! Gun, he had his gun in my back. Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I had wow. an AK-47 in my back for about 20 k's. Oh, well, that's character building for yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, bit, yeah. bit of life experience. Oh, for exactly. You. Yeah, I mean, it's a part of adventure, right? But I mean, I guess is it is it one of those things where, I mean, as intimidating and as heightened and as full and as it can get, you can sort of tell that people are just they're so stuck in what they are told to do. Like you know, those guys are doing their job, yeah, and so they've been employed to do that, yeah, and so they're just following whatever they've been told. Yeah, that's it. I mean, they're following following what they are. Um, what their orders were but at the end of the day it really wrecked it sort of wrecked uh, wrecked Pakistan for me in the sense that I didn't get to see the country whatsoever mm. I was um, uh, from what, when I entered in Taftan on the Iranian border I had security there I slept slept in a, um, an immigrant immigration prison oh wow yeah and in the office in the, the chief's office on the concrete floor oh. that was it that was the only accommodation option wow and um, from then on it was um, like military to have the all kinds of different military have their levies police mm. and you got army um, and it just kept happening all the way across until I got to Lahore mm. on the Indian border and they'd I'd ride with them and then they'd take me to the hotel and they'd lo- basically lock me in the hotel like the compound I couldn't leave the compound like the hotel grounds and it got really frustrating you know I, I, I knew the risks yeah. when I was getting the visa simple as that I, yeah. I, I did the research of where I was going I knew what could potentially happen mm. and uh, I was quite quite happy to 
do that. So you, you know? so when you when you applied for that particular visa, you already knew that that was what you would be walking into. That you, yeah, I mean, that was a requirement of you being a foreigner in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the the Balochistan um, like province, I believe it is in in Pakistan. That's and not really a safe place for Westerners whatsoever. No, no. it's um yeah, it's it's very it's tribal like mm. it's and you're on the border of Afghanistan. It's, yep. it's like it's, they're fighting over these lands still, you know. Yeah. So stuck in, I mean, stuck in centuries of yeah of dispute and yeah. conflict and everything. Yeah, and I mean, for me, it was sort of um, they're they're so poor there and they could use their resources for better things, but they're, here they are shuffling. Just so stuck, just so shuffling stuck a Westerner it. across the country, you know, like they, where they could be using that for to protect their own people. Oh, absolutely. So, so how long in that period of time? I mean, they're obviously trying to get you through there pretty quickly. But yeah. what was the what was the period of time you were in Pakistan for? Um, I wanted to be in and out in a few days, like in yeah, like okay. five days. Is I think it was about um, uh, two thousand kilometers or something across. Okay, something right, like that. Yep. But um, I ended up having to stay longer because there was uh, a bunch of uh, religious festivals on, and they were really worried. I think it's called Muharram, where uh, okay. they uh, whip themselves on the back. Oh right. Yeah, it's pretty pretty full on, and uh, they didn't want any Westerners to be out in the streets because they get into like apparently they they, they were saying that you, they get into such a frenzy when they're doing it. Like, it can be, okay. Well, I would love to be out there just go you know. That would have been great. It's one of those things where I mean, I had a there's a guy I know that went to um, actually uh, a guy called Lachlan who is on Triple J, does the racket. Yeah. And he plays in a bunch of bands as well. But um, I was chatting to him a while back, and he went to. We were in Indonesia last year for um, for a metal festival that we played, and he went over there a few days beforehand. And he went to like this. Um, oh, I'm going to get butchered this and completely get it wrong, but some sort of religious festival. But it was also a protest. Yeah. And he was told by everyone, stay the hell away. Yeah. And he's walked. He's going, oh fuck it, YOLO. We'll just yeah, go, yeah, we'll just yeah, go yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. And um, he was the only Caucasian person there. Yeah. And he said. There were people there that were just staring at him, going, "Who the why fuck is this? Are you? Yeah, why is he here?" Yeah. But um, other people were walking around, handing out water and food, and yeah. they were giving it to him as yeah. well. Yeah. And he said, "Like it was, it was weird because I was on edge yeah. because there was a, a level of sort of this yeah. heightened sort of yeah. s- state or whatever." But at the same time, there was enough people there that sort of you still felt relatively safe. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, you know, you don't. I mean, how much do you want to roll the dice? And yeah, yeah. You know, Indonesia was. Was, it's so close to home. I've never been to Indonesia, and for me, it was so close to home, but it was so different. Yeah. Like it was one of the one of the most different countries I went to on my entire trip. Mm. Like we're in northern Sumatra, it was. I mean, there were people walking around without shoes. Yeah. You know, and like it's, the poverty was ridiculous up yep. there. Yeah. And uh, like the roads are madness. Yeah. Every it's day small, was. It's only a short flight from Perth. Like it's. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, well, that's it. It's just yeah. there, you know. Um, and it's such a. I mean, I've only been to Jakarta. Yeah. And and everyone tells mess. me and everyone tells me there's nicer places in Indonesia. I believe them. Yeah, yeah. Because Jakarta's um, a mess. Jakarta's crazy. Yeah. And just like this this hub of yeah. shit, you know. And yeah. there's And despite all the chaos and everything, there are some of the nicest people I've met. Yeah, That live there. Yeah. But um, such a messy and dirty city, Feels and yeah. it's just it's chaotic. And you just look at it and go, wow. Like yeah. the next nearest. I mean. Actually, it's probably not the next nearest major city, but the next nearest major Australian city would be probably Darwin or yep. or Perth it's or something like that. It's not that like far that. away, and it's and a completely different world. Polar opposites. Yeah, yeah. Polar opposites, quality of living, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I rode through some really nice areas of Indonesia, and that was the last place I got to where you flew straight in, I believe, did mm. you? Yeah. So that would have yep. been, yeah. been a bit of a shock. There are nice places in yeah. Indonesia, definitely. Yeah. But Jakarta's not one of them. No. It's just a big, stinky city. <laughs> and we were literally there, I think, I, uh, overnight yeah. or more or less no two nights sorry yeah. but it was literally just a fly in fly out yeah, that was yeah. it and I thought uh, I'll, I'll go back to Indonesia one day but probably not Jakarta I'll, don't I'll go to Bali else. either no well I see it's like I see it's like the Bogan's paradise yeah, and oh. I don't want to I, I, I don't know if you're the same but if I want to travel somewhere I don't want to be somewhere where all the other Aussies are yeah. Exactly. Like if I want to do yeah. that, I'll just like hang out. I here. couldn't wait to get out of there. Yeah. Tell you the truth, like, yeah, I can I can see how how nice it was. Yeah. But it's definitely it's not the paradise it was. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I, when I was in Jakarta, I, I was I remember I was in this like twenty third floor of a hotel room, and I got woken up because my bed was shaking, and I turns out I, like I woke up and then I rang the receptionist and I'm like what's mm. what's going on what what and she's like they're like oh it's all good no you're fine. Turns out it was a 
seven point or oh, might have been more it's like seven oh, point an something earthquake. Earthquake. earthquake and the whole building because i remember getting up and i felt drunk but i hadn't been drinking <laughs> the building was shaking that much and apparently like everyone was on the streets everyone left the buildings and went down the streets i just slept through it yeah it's all good <laughs> 23 floors i'm not walking down the stairs oh. Man, to, I mean, I would assume that I guess the higher up, the probably more. Oh, I don't know. The more you probably feel it because there's yeah, less that's foundation. Yeah, right. more sway up there. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's hair raising. I ride, ride it out. Yeah. Oh man, so. that's insane. Insane. Um. So I mean, going back to Pakistan and being there, so you had to stay there a bit longer because they had some religious festivals on. Yeah, so there's a bit a of a risk days, around yeah. that. But um, did you? Did you feel that, I mean, obviously you had some expectations going into it, but did you feel like you were ever in real danger or was it just more of a, just this level of tension through the whole thing was like, not, oh, I just got to get through it? Yeah, not really. I mean, there was one point on the trip, it was it was a heavy time for me. I was I was a bit emotional about it at the time. I just mm. thought it was it was over. Yeah. So I was riding along, I had my escort, um, was, was in front leading the way and I could see these two uh, utes coming out of the desert. Yeah. Like, um, towards the road and they were they looked like they were in a rush to get somewhere mm. and uh, in the back of the tray was about five guys and the dual cab ute was full so in each <laughs> ute right yeah and um, it's the end of the movie it's, yeah this yeah. is what the movies teach us or, yeah. or you know as they were probably just going to work but for me it looked like yeah. something was going to kick off yeah warning signs and uh, my security it made it worse because my security guy he just stopped in his car that area, because I'd just taken off from Taftan, that area is really bad for drug trafficking, people right. trafficking, all this sort of stuff. And I've the back unit, he, he stopped, and I'm sure they handed something over. There was something sketchy went on there. And then next second, I'm in between this front car and the back car. Yeah. And there's everyone in the back of the ute just looking at me, staring at me. And they, they look like um, proper uh, Afghanis, because like, it's right on the border. Yeah. There's no actual border. It's sort of just like they can... Yeah, and it was just a real heavy thing for me. I thought, thought it was over, and I feel sorry. I feel like a bit of a jerk for it because they're probably just going to work, you know. But it's just what we're led to believe all the that's media it. and all the crap. It's this so. association that we build over yeah, time. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But then I, I ride up the road, and there's like, you keep going a couple of hours, and then there's everyone playing. There's just in the dirt. There's nothing but dirt really in the yeah. desert in the Balochistanera, and uh, there's a bunch of people playing cricket, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> Like the town's just finished work or whatever, and they come play cricket. Just play cricket. Yeah, yeah. It's madness. It's, it's a different like, world. No doubt, you probably. I mean, it, you probably already had this in the back of your head anyway, but it would have validated it over that whole trip of all those countries that, despite all like the cultural differences and mm. the way people look and the way that they live, everyone is pretty much the same yeah. as far as they all yeah. need the same basic things yeah. to survive and live. Exactly. You know, and um, and everyone feeds off the same sort of motivators, yeah. but. Yeah. Um, but then there's all these differences in culture which you know lead to conflict and yeah. whatever but um yeah we're, i mean we are, we're all humans when i was in uh Kedah, um uh, it's that's right on the border of afghanistan that's a real heavy place yeah. um there's a big explosion there like um from what i heard it was the, the sunnis and shiites they just hate each other yeah and um they're constantly tit for tat there was a massive explosion the morning i arrived yeah oh, i arrived at night the, that morning there was a massive explosion i think it was 30 people killed oh uh, yeah, so when I came into town that night, it was like really heightened security and oh, it was just chaos in that city. Absolute chaos. So a place like that or any of these other places, especially through probably more so the Middle East than anywhere else, I mean, you kind of spoke about it before about, you know, explaining what you're doing, but I mean, how many people did you have to sort of try to explain where you're from and what you're doing and, and for them to try and comprehend what you like because I mean, no doubt how many westerners are sort of traveling through these areas at yeah. a time well it would have been suspicious for a lot of these guys maybe yeah I well i mean iran was kind of like that it was it, uh when i i felt like i was being watched a little bit when i was going and that's fair enough yeah. like there with the i suppose like i said there's a bit of ongoing conflict mm. and there's tension yeah, yeah. Um, they want to know who's who's doing what in their yeah. country all the foreigners come in yeah um so because i got an iranian sim card and i felt like you know which is it's probably 100 percent true like and i don't doesn't worry me one bit i'm not doing anything crazy and yeah. i wasn't hiding anything but i could it was, my phone was doing different things you know <laughs> and i mean like like you said though if, if i had the chance to explain i could t- 
telling me exactly what the story is. You know? Yeah, yeah. I guess that gave you a bit of peace of mind that you were, yeah. you had nothing to hide. There was no, nothing suspicious. It, yeah. but well, I had my drone with me. That was a concern. Like, oh, I my, yeah. I my, uh, yeah, I saw some photos, yeah. My drone that I was taking footage with and whatnot, and uh, I just didn't want to be put into that spy category. Yeah. You know, why do you have this thing, blah, blah, blah. Did Next. you have any moments where people, like, you had to sort of really take the extra time to really try and explain yourself to people, or were most people nah, kind well, of okay? I mean... I spoke to a few few young like um, younger people in Iran yeah. and they were like what what are you doing here they, they couldn't understand why I would, and it, I'm like what do you mean what, why, what am I doing why, here why the hell like, are you coming here why are you guys why are you coming to this shithole I'm like what <laughs> like, he, he openly like, like this place sucks huh. I'm like oh, alright but um yeah the the younger people were sort of revolting against the yeah the way things are like when I left there was some sort of riot all the something kicking off over there so did you see like with a lot of these places especially in the Middle East I mean <clears throat> whether it's stereotypically or, or whether there's truth to it but I mean there's so much history there centuries of culture but also conflict as well yeah. did you see like even what you just said with some young people in Iran that there's 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 that conflict internally where people are trying to yeah, change and there's sort of that yeah. old school traditional well, yeah, well, element there um, I spoke to like, like I said they were so friendly there and like, I spoke to a lot of the young, um, younger people there and, and they can't travel mm. unless they've done com- um, a bunch of years military service. Ah, right, so yeah. if they haven't done their service, they're stuck. They're they stuck. can't leave the country. Um, and some of them, the guys I spoke to, or because you, you don't speak to any of the women there because it's, yeah, yeah. it's very strict um, yep. uh, sort of thing like that. But um, they didn't look like they would be. They'd survive the military service. You know what I mean? Oh, they were right, a bit, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but they still want to travel. And sort of like that's that's really harsh. You know, can't see the world until you've served your country. Sort of thing. And especially where, I mean, this is from a Western point of view, but, you know, if if they're revolting, like, you know, coming into conflict internally with yeah. their, with old cultures and, yeah, and traditions right, or whatever, yeah. their military probably is very sort of embedded in those older traditions yeah. as well. So by doing the service and doing the time, you're probably doing something that's against what you mm. believe in yeah. as well. So it'd be really hard for yeah, them. Yeah, well, another thing, like when I was in... Um, I think what was it called I think it was Van Van in um, East Turkey yeah it's Van or Bam one of the two yeah. is, but um, I was there for a night and um, when I got there all the hotels were booked out I had to stay I did oh. so I had to stay in a hotel in like a dorm with about 10 other people while I was off uh-huh. it but um, I, was, I was asking people like, what's going on here why is everything booked out and they said oh, yeah this, like it's an Iranian holiday so they all come across the border into Turkey um, oh. and apparently when they do um, they come across the border and, and they're like they go to bars and you know they're having a good time <laughs> and the girls are like take yep. their um, burkas off and whatnot because when you're in Iran like it's I don't I didn't see any colours apart from black you know wearing yeah. um, all the women wearing black burkas I think there was some religious um, uh, significant like it was a holiday or something yep. going on where they had to wear that colour mm, but mm. it was still it was just um, from what I heard when they got across it into Turkey it was like that's it. Leave it all the border, yeah, more yeah, or less. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah well. And it's party time. <laughs> so that's what I'm sort of. That's that's the thing I gathered from the younger generation there. They yeah. want a bit more, you know, relaxed sort of. And probably with a lot of those guys, you know, with the internet and things like that, they're they're getting a bit more of a, an eye opener to see yeah. where how the rest of the world's yeah, running well, and functioning, and that's, so they that's see the opportunity. Thing. Like even when I got an Iranian sim, my phones, a lot of things in my phone were, weren't accessible. Ah, so a lot of stuff's blocked. That lot of stuff's yeah. blocked. Um, you, they all just use VPNs over there, so yeah. they can't access it all. But they they've done this really half-assed attempt to block okay. everyone from. <laughs> just um, hope all the lazy Iranians yeah, go exactly, up. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. mind. Yeah, the funds <laughs> don't know about VPNs, right? So um, yeah, so you can't use Facebook. Um, anything that I guess is mm. US. You know? So Apple Apple iPhones don't really work yeah. very well over there at all. Yeah. Wow. Well. Yeah. So. So, I mean, despite all that, and I mean, you know, a, a country which has got so much sort of really strict tradition and culture and mm. that could be seen as a little bit suppressive compared to the, the West anyway. I mean, from what you said, like, the people there were just amazing mm. and a place compared to maybe Pakistan, which was uh, very much eyes on you, yep. um, it was probably a little bit different in Iran. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a great time in Iran. The place is pretty magic, um, uh, like you go through so many different places like I went to Tabriz and I was in the oldest bazaar it's like a marketplace and yeah. it's I think believe it's the oldest bazaar in the world wow okay and you can see just some 
brickwork. It's just it's just amazing, amazing place. You know the culture's incredible. Um, and then you go further down to Yazd, and that's just the places. There's nothing around apart from dirt. So they just built everything out of the clay and dirt, like the so houses. It's oasis. Yeah, it's, the yeah, it's really strange. One of the hottest places on earth, I believe, from from what I've been told, crazy hot. But yeah, it was um, it was a special thing for me because like five times a day you hear you hear the call to prayer, and it just they blare it through all the mosques, and it's this sort of haunting tune that yeah, you know, and I, I loved it. Oh, you know, it was just, everything just stops. Yeah, everything yeah. stops and. This is everyone goes does their prayers and because they um and my ignorance is so massive but um like they they would shut up shops in the afternoon for a period of time yep. as well for prayer and, yeah, yeah. and things like that yeah. as well because I've, I've noticed that in a few countries I've been to yeah. uh, through South Southeast Asia where there's a lot of sort of um, big Muslim populations and yep. so you'd be walking around the afternoon going man I can't like can't, can't buy can't, anything can't yeah, do anything closed, yeah. that's right yeah so they they have their little um the prayer, prayer times I guess you know. Yeah, and even the even the festival we did in Jakarta, um, it was like at, I don't know five or six p.m. or whatever it was, and the festival just stopped. Yeah, that's it. No yeah. bands. Yeah, oh, sorry, that's it. Yeah. Everything just gets shut off, yeah. and then they had the prayers go, and yeah. and it was just insane. And you got these kids there that are wearing like Cannibal Corpse t-shirts and these death metal black bit, metal t-shirts, bit and conflicting. Oh yeah, and then and then, then yeah. they are praying, yeah. Pray, praying, yeah. praying, and it's just like it's it was such a this contradiction and this mixture of worlds together and it's yeah. just like it's so bizarre yeah, so, yeah. so weird but as you said like there's there's this real sense of um, it's well when I first experienced it was uneasy because I'm not used to it yeah but but there's a, a, an element of calm to it mm. where everything's just under control yeah, that's and right, everything's yeah. just a shh, like quiet that's yeah that's all you can hear yeah you know, across like they've got their, their mosques everywhere and then they've got these they're really old really old mosques in mm. some of the areas are like but then they got like um, modern technology megaphones hanging off the top yeah. of them you know? so <laughs> it's that, that i thought that was funny but yeah that's right um, the, the clash of the clash of the worlds yeah know? yeah yeah they've got to, eventually you can't yeah you can't avoid it and yeah. the technology's going to come yeah. in and no, i liked it i got a bit more of an understanding of all that sort of um uh, the religious side of things and that's uh, it was good for me you know to get out and see the world and that's what i wanted yeah. So, have you got me? Have you got a bit more? I guess a bit more compassion or understanding for people now after that. I mean, you, yeah. you might have already had that anyway, but did you yeah, sort of have a bit yeah. more of that after? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's um, it's been great. Great to sort of open your eyes. Yeah. People should should get out there and travel, have a less uh, closed-minded view of everything. You know. Man, like I, I mean, I've done I've done a bit of travelling through the band, and even like since I've been young and I've relocated a fair bit as a kid and, and you know, early 20s and whatever but um, I'm always surprised that like you know we're here in the gong mm. and I know a bunch of people in the gong and they've never left the gong yeah, that, yeah. and and I lived up in uh, up in South Sydney in the Shire mm. and the Shire's got such a reputation yeah. as you know you yeah. never leave yeah that's right and even down the south coast same sort of thing and you talk yeah. to people and they're like oh my god like you know you go to Sydney yeah yeah it's like when was the last time you went to Sydney oh, about yeah. 15 years ago and it's yeah. like oh man I go yeah. there like almost every day yeah and it's just um but then usually that sort of links into a lot of people's warped views on the that's world right, as yeah. well. Yeah, they don't they don't experience other cultures or yeah. they don't understand it, so that's they don't accept it or mm. I don't know what the but that's my take on it. Yeah, go and see the world and see this. Our way is not the only way. Yeah, so. but even what um, what you said before about the scenario with the young guys in Iran and like not being able to travel until they've done service. Yeah. Um, I love the I love the concept of service, but not in a mil, not necessarily in a military way. But I think you know, young people in Australia, even like you know, before they wrap up high school, actually probably once they've wrapped up high school because they're an adult. Mm. But um, there should be something in place where they do two years of travel service, where yeah, they yeah. go overseas and do something that's like a volunteer a volunteer sort of thing or whatever, and help mm-hmm. other people or something yeah. just to experience the world. Yeah. Just, I think the level of maturity that can yeah, yeah, it's definitely can get really I'm seeing quickly. that for sure. Yeah, now I'm old. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I mean, uh, involuntary sort of service. Yeah, that's that's a bit heavy, but I mean, like you said, so, they've got to do something. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, a good way to grow up. Yeah, either travel or yeah. um, or go in the military or whatever. Yeah, yeah. just something. Yeah, yeah. something that's a 
uh, puts you outside your comfort zone. Exactly, yeah. Makes you think and yeah. it's a bit of problem solving, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm sure you would have had many a times when you stood there and just went, I've got no idea what to do. Yeah. And you force yourself to have exactly, to think, yeah, be yeah. creative and try yeah, and you work your be, way out You have to be an adult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're not the only one in the world. You're not self-centered view. Oh, man. And that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me on a day-to-day yeah. basis in general. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a really difficult thing. And we always laugh. The Americans are always an easy target mm. because you always there's a stereotype with you know a lot of Americans never leaving in the United States yeah. and but um, it's still pretty prevalent here in Australia. There's a lot yeah, of yeah, Aussies that uh, yeah. that um, that love the country and there's nothing wrong with that, but they have got no urge to leave it. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. There's a big world out there. Oh, absolutely. Um, you mentioned. I think um, it might have been online I read that um, there's a photo of you in Iran, I think, with a whole bunch of locals. Yeah. And I think your bike had broken down? Uh, it wasn't my bike. It was a oh, fellow okay. I was riding with. Um, oh, okay. I just met up with a, um, a guy, Abby, from uh, India. Yeah. And uh, he had, he was riding a, what was it, um, a Himalayan, uh, yep. Royal Enfield. And, uh, yeah, his bike broke down on him. And uh, yeah, everyone just came out of the woodwork to, and to help. You know, it was, it was just a crazy thing. And we sort of just got in the country, and that was our first experience of everyone being really nice and helpful and just Good going out of their way. Like the guy was a teacher that helped us, and uh, he was on his way to class, like to teach kids. And all of a sudden, he's he's helping us <laughs> loading bikes into the, in the back of the car, organising people in Tabriz, which is like 90 k's away, making phone calls, yeah, going, wow. "Can you fix this?" and organize everything for us and next second it's like middle of the day and we're like what are you are you supposed to be at school he's like ah, it's all good yeah stuff the kids yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's must, cool yeah so i mean it must, it must be like uh they must get it they must understand that you know they probably a lot of their culture and their backgrounds about you know doing something for their neighbor and helping each yeah, other yeah. Out. And it's very sort of close-knit but they, yep. they probably get it as well that there's probably something that they need to they need to really make an extra effort for yeah, foreigners as yeah, well because it, of the perception yeah, issues that they've exactly, had yeah. as well. And I think I think that like you said, um, I think they understand that and they were trying to be like like come and talk to you and mm. sort of and uh, help out as much as possible whenever you needed it. Yeah. Like I had, I had a guy and we were we were in Tabriz and uh, a guy came up and he, he was just speaking because they like to speak English. Yeah. It's sort of like they they. If they're learning English, they like to come and um, it sort of like start, uh, helps them. Yeah. And he came up to us and he's like, "Oh yeah, because uh, we needed SIM cards." He's like, "I oh, know, I'll shop up the road. Come, I'll show, take you up there." Took us up to get on the way to get SIM cards. He's we're going to this other store. I'm like, "This is not a SIM card store." And he's like, "Oh, buys us two ice creams." <laughs> Here you go. And he didn't even buy himself one. He's just like, "Here's two ice creams." And I'm like, that was, "That's a nice thing to do." Yeah. Yeah. Totally unexpected. Like, yeah, where yeah. else is that going to happen? And it's hot as anything there. So I think it's melting all over my hand in like two seconds. But yeah, I really need that SIM card, mate. But, yeah, I'll, yeah. but I'll enjoy the ice cream. All yeah, the same. It was, yeah, they were so friendly, and I, I think they, like you said, they really need. To, they're actually trying to get the me- the message that they're not all savages, and they're, mm. not, they're not all. Well, they're not terrorists whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I sent a bunch of, uh, like I did an article in the Mercury, or whatever it was, yep. and. Uh, that picture got printed in the Mercury and I sent that that article over to that guy mm. I had him on as a friend on Instagram oh yeah yeah I sent it over to him and said oh thanks you know I'm passing the message of how nice you were and how, mm. how much you helped out and whatnot. He, he was stoked like yeah. he was so pumped on it yeah. so sort of <laughs> just let him know that we're trying to give, give trying back to spread the message spread yeah. the message you know, so. oh that's cool um, how much of motorbike mechanics did you know before you went on this trip like enough had, yeah enough yeah, you had a yeah. basic understanding yeah, so if yeah. you're in in the shit you, yeah. you could get yourself out of it I was in Pakistan yeah. the bike stopped yeah and um, that's not I was in an area where you shouldn't stop but um, in those time, at those times you become a pretty good mechanic yeah <laughs> so or better mechanic than I am this connects but, uh, to here this yeah yeah I just cut, <laughs> cutting wires people look at me so I was chopping my bike up so I'm like what are you doing <laughs> worked but um, yeah I, I've ridden bikes for a long time yep uh, when I was a kid riding dirt bikes and whatnot and uh, you know you pick things up I'm, well, I'm a plumber so I'm pretty handy with, you know, they call us jack of all trades so yeah. we figure things out Yeah, but yeah. Um, it doesn't mean just, doesn't mean anything really like I, I met people on the road that just got a bike for the trip never ridden before just got their license and they're getting around the world mm. just as easy I am yeah. You know? yeah. like I said if if you break down people people will help you like, yep. people aren't like monsters yeah 
you know yeah. there are nice people in yeah. the world yeah so but it would have been I mean as that scenario in, in Pakistan where like you've broken down I assume that there's just nothing around like, yeah you've you've just you've got to yeah. you've got to attend to it you've got to try and find a solution to yeah. get you to wherever you need to go yeah and the mechanics there the, our bikes that we ride are so foreign to them because they don't uh, like Iran uh, Turkey what Turkey could have big big, big capacity bikes but mm. Iran was 250cc maximum so they couldn't have a bike. So it's illegal to have something. Yeah, like I, I met a, a mechanic over there. He was helping us. Another guy that was helping us, and he he was showing me photos of his like thirteen hundred bike. I'm like, where do you have this? He's like, it's in Turkey. Yeah. He goes to Turkey to ride it. To ride it. <laughs> so because he can't ride it in Iran. Wow. So yeah, and then same with Pakistan. They got two fifties and little these little bikes, but they do everything on them. Like. So did you have any issues getting your bike through? through these areas no well it's just special special circumstances you know yeah um they're little these little bikes they don't go fast and so they can't go on the freeways so yep. we're on the freeways with our bikes and it must be so foreign to the locals because every time every car that passed had their cameras out and taking photos <laughs> of us and it was like and then they'd sit beside you taking photos and videos and you're like all right you're on, on keep driving you're on a million like Iran Iranian like yeah, Iranian yeah, yeah. sort of Instagram pages exactly, like yeah, your, your bike it. somewhere yeah, yeah. Like, look at these guys <laughs> on the freeway yeah <laughs> yeah wow um, yeah because I, I, I mean I'm just going back to that um, that Ewan McGregor thing that long way around um, and long way down thing you know and I mean those guys had a bit of money they yeah. you know they, they had a little HQ headquarters set up yeah. in, in London or wherever it was yeah, before they set off and all that. they had everything set up but um, you know I just watched the amount of times that they just their, their bikes just shat themselves and yeah. they had to yep. they were trying to get the locals to help them out yep. and then they were trying to attend to things and so when, when I was looking at what you'd done I thought I'm just trying to imagine like because you wouldn't have had that budget you wouldn't no. have had all that support there no. so there would have been yeah. and you mentioned that you did you break down in the Himalayas? Or I you didn't had a break problem? down there I just um, crashed <laughs> crashed a pretty good one how did that up happen? The, I was up on this dirt road and well, I could hardly call it a road. Yeah. So I was heading up into, um, like, the Mustang area, they call it, up around the Annapurna um, range. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it was... The road was intense. It was... To me, it was really rough. And, like, most riders will say that that's one of the hardest roads they've ridden a motorcycle on. Oh, really? On. Yeah, okay. But then the, the so, most soul-crushing thing is they you'd be on the side of the road having a breather, and a bus will come up the same road. <laughs> with a load of with people, people on the roof, yeah. they just get things done there. Yeah, it's like they, a, whatever. They, yeah, they'll they'll get. It is what it is. They get it done. <laughs> it's madness. Like these buses, like on three wheels, just getting like the wheels are popping off the ground. It looks like it's going to roll. You, you'd be sick instantly being inside. I don't know how they're inside. Like, get car sick. <sighs> but scary, um, yeah, it, it was rough, and I crashed. I dropped my bike at one point. So steep. What, was it just like you just hit something in the road and it yeah, just sent you flying? Yeah, it was just rocky, rocky and just it, it wasn't manicured whatsoever. Like yeah. it was just rough. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I got stuck behind another car, and um, yeah, sort of just took a shit, took a poor line and oh. started rolling back. And the bike slid down the hill. It was it was pretty heavy. Oh really? So yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was when I lost all my coins, and, and they all went <laughs> in the mud. And I was like, you know what? That's um, donated. That's for the <laughs> gods. Go. That's yeah, for the gods. That's right, the Him- Himalayan gods. Yeah. So I mean, we. I mean, obviously you're okay because you're here. But yeah. um, did you did you come off with a few cuts and bruises and? No, that, I sort of just stepped unscathed. off the bike and then just let the bike right, um, slide down the hill on the side, you know. But um, and I was just watching, watching it, going, "Oh, this is not good." <laughs> but uh, time it, slows it, down. It was fine, you know. My panniers <laughs> took all the um, all the damage. Yeah. So I was scratched up, but the bike itself was fine. Picked it up. My tank bag had a massive burnt hole in it from the exhaust, and I threw that away. Yeah, well. Figured it out, but um, I crashed another time in Croatia. Yeah. That was um, that was a wild one. That was on the road actually, so it was a bit more intense. And was that with with another car or was no? That... It was just me being an idiot. I just put a new tire and new rear tire on my bike, and uh, like I know I've like I said, I've ridden bikes yeah. longest time. I know you got to give you the new tires have a wax coating, so they're slippery. Okay. You got to give them a couple hundred k's before you start. You know, yeah turn the throttle a bit and um yeah i thought i'd give it enough time it was like 100 200 k's but uh there's a bit of wax left on the edges yeah (laughs) and next second i'm doing 360s down the middle of the road yeah it was heavy i was in bed embarrassed too because there's another biker there like he he was parked at his cafe i just asked him for directions and when i took off i just spun down the road in front of him and i was just like oh 
so I got up my pride was a bit a bit damaged more than anything <laughs> and I just got back on and just took off yeah it was pretty funny oh man oh I mean I look considering considering the amount of kilometers and mm. all the different conditions yeah. and circumstances I mean to have two only two two that was things, it and yeah you know, as no doubt hair raising as they would have been yeah. for you to walk away from both of them okay, yeah. then that's um it's yeah. a, a pretty good ratio. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Pretty good odds. Yeah. Yeah, far out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean every day riding through Asia there was near death experiences. There's serious yeah, lack of road rules there. Yeah, I mean I, I mean I saw that in Jakarta and yeah. and um I've seen it in um in Kuala Lumpur as well and yeah. um Bangkok. Um where it's just just chaos on yeah. the roads like multiple lanes yeah. and and there's that whole thing about you don't wait for the lights to go to cross the traffic no. you just walk yeah and they they, they work around, around you, you. yeah which is so like yeah yeah you unnatural. have a lot of trust yeah, yeah. insane so yeah. you would have had a, so you said a lot of close calls in yeah Europe, i mean asia yeah the, there were a couple of countries in general like um india is just madness yeah utter madness on the roads like yeah. i didn't enjoy riding my motorcycle there because it's i just you're you're in your lane next second a truck decides, I'm going to overtake this other truck, and a flash of the lights means you're get out of the way. Yeah, but right. you're in your lane. <laughs> I don't, I couldn't figure it out, you know. And, and they just don't like using brakes around corners, and oh, it was it was chaos. I was, I was really concerned every day. I got on my bike. I'm going to survive. Yeah, and yeah. then Indonesia was the other. Yeah. It was India and Indonesia. They were the two craziest countries I've ridden a motorcycle. In. Nepal was pretty bad just because it's mountains, yeah, and mountains, it's yeah. corners, and sort of dangerous roads like that you know they're all passes everywhere I but, def- um, definitely make you a, a more like you know when you I don't know if it was like this when you're in school but when you get to do like driving lessons and they teach you those defensive driving courses yeah, yeah. like your, your defensive yeah. driving or riding skills would have been so much exactly, better after yeah. going through those experiences because you'd be so heightened to everything yeah. going on well, around you well that was the thing like um, when I was riding through Europe it was I'd be f- like physically tired at the end of the day of riding just riding all day it was, yeah. it was relaxed but in Asia it was more mentally tired yeah because yeah. I'm constantly looking constantly yeah. on, on edge and it was good it was such a good thing to get back to Perth and when I got back on my bike I just immediately <laughs> loved riding my bike again yeah, you know? yeah. just because there was rules and people aren't just uh, pulling out on you and that's it there's not a million people around yeah, as well ex- yeah it was it was great great to get back to Perth um, I saw also that because um, not only did you go all through these countries but you went to Perth and then did the Nullarbor yep. across to get yep. back home yep. Nullarbor is one of those places where I think that's one of those things I've just got to do yeah and definitely. a lot of and I've got mates that live in Perth and they said yeah we've done it like we've done it once once is enough but yeah. you know you got to do it Yeah. and it just seems like such a I think there's there's no doubt there's no doubt parts of that stretch which are just like mind-numbing yeah but um, there seems to be like these amazing spots along the way which mm. just seems to be this picturesque yeah incredible. I mean I didn't have any for me it wasn't boring at all yeah. it was such an interesting place of Australia like it's yeah. the most dramatic end to any country I've ever seen yeah it just is a sheer cliff that just drops into like rough ocean yeah and uh, yeah it was, it's it's amazing out there because they just can't do anything with the land because there's no water there's nothing yeah yeah that's it yeah. yeah it was um, it was a really interesting part of my trip I, I loved the Nullarbor was that I mean given given all the chaos through like Asia and then being what I would assume probably being a little bit out, outside your comfort zone through like the Middle East and even parts of Europe where there's cultural differences yeah. to do that last stretch yeah. which is like still from like Perth to Sydney is what 4,000 4,500 4,500 yeah and yeah. that's as the crow flies sort of thing so yeah so I mean that would have been I guess I'm assuming that like this, this relative peace yeah because like you know yeah, there's you nothing everything's calming down yeah you know? yeah it was it was like hardly any people on the roads yeah. you ride for hours without seeing a car at times you know yeah. how many days did you did you do that one uh, I was a little over a little over two weeks to get from Perth to um, Woolenau okay alright yeah I mean I was running out of money at that point so yeah. I, I didn't really have a say in the matter <laughs> had to speed it up a I little bit I would have loved to slow it down a bit but um, it was stinking hot too it mm. was middle of summer um, at one point I had to pull over and just it's stop because it was so hot yeah. um, it was just on the other on our side of the Nullarbor Okay. Yep. It was that hot. I put like, I was worried my bike's gonna overheat. My bike's yeah, air cooled. Right. Wow. Um, and I was overheating. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like heat stroke's a big issue out there. I was gonna say there the last co- thing you want is to pass out while yeah. you're while you're on the bike. There, there were, I was speaking to a fella at a 
service station he said there was a dirt biker riding out there the same day I was there and he's like oh make sure you drink lots of water there's a guy who just lost his um, lost his kidneys oh. due to heat stroke oh yeah <laughs> that's airlift him out and Wow. Yeah, so it's it's pretty serious out there. I mean, they they always talk about um, that stretch in other parts of Australia where if you're going to go for a drive because there's so such great distances between those pit stops, those yeah. servos, and yeah. everything that you've got to make sure you've got reserves. You've got to yeah. make sure you've got stuff on you to keep yeah. you prepared. I mean, nowadays it's, it's easy. I mean, my dad did it in the 70s. I think it was yeah. still dirt back then. Oh. But um, it's a bit easier now. I think the longest stretch was 250. Okay. Oh, that's not bad. Something like that, or yeah. 190 or something like okay. that. But um, between petrol stations. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't too bad. But um, I camped in the middle of another bar on the edge of the edge of Australia. Basically, it was magic. I think it's a photo of yeah, that. Yeah. No yeah. one around. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. That's yeah, insane. I got the craziest light show from uh, at night. Well, that's it. You got no light pollution or that's anything. That's right. Yeah. It was, that's something I've never that's foreign here. Like never I've never seen the sky. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty special. And. Um, and uh, the Nullarbor, you would have seen like a heap of like road trains as well. Yeah. Did you have close calls with those guys? Oh, they're all right. They were okay? yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were all good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they uh, they just do their thing. They're pretty. They're good drivers, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. They're not to worry about them guys. Yeah, I did a I did a drive from Perth to Kalgoorlie and back. We yeah. played a show out there a few years ago, and um, I was in I was driving like a twelve seater, and um, it's just it's another world because a lot of these are like. It's not always double carriage each way. Yep. It's yep. single. Yep. And then when you've got a road train coming down, and especially out there, it's like it's the mining world. Yep. So you've got these giant oversized trucks with this mining equipment on there. Mm. You literally just have to pull the whole thing over and mm. wait for these things to go past. Yeah, it's the wind no, off them oh, just about drags you in. It's incredible. Yeah. And um, just and then people overtaking each other as well. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a different co- type of etiquette out yeah. there in those roads. Yeah. So it's just um, you yeah, really you try, be on, you try on, and overtake a three-carriage uh, road train oh, no way you need and, the room and that's it and those guys aren't <laughs> slow it's not like yeah. going up Mount Oosley here where yeah. they just crawl they're, yeah. they're flying yeah so. they, they get moving yeah for sure absolutely but, um, uh, did you feel that like I mean obviously you're, as you said you're, you're running low on, on dollars yeah. at the end of the trip but did you feel like you'll get as you're getting closer and closer that it's, the time sort of dragged out a little bit as well because you're getting so close to home that it's sort of uh, yeah, so I mean, close yet so far yeah I mean people did say to me like you should ride the opposite direction right away from your house otherwise yep. to, when you get close to where you live you'll sort of you struggle rush. a little bit or you'll rush, oh, yeah, rush, yeah, rush yeah. start rushing the rest of the end of your trip yeah I didn't really feel that way no. like I wanted to get home and see my dog I missed yeah. my dog for <laughs> six and a half months without yeah you know um and uh, family, you know, same thing. But um, yeah, at no point did I want to just pack up yeah. and, and get home that quick. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean, it just, um, I don't know. I just think about every time I got stuck in, in the backseat of a car as a kid and you'd be like, How, are we there yet? Are we there yeah, yet? Yeah. But I guess it's different when you're in control and mm. you're you're yeah. dictating the days. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to sort of um, be engaged and and in, still enjoy the trip and not sort of yeah. start stressing about uh, mm. trying to get home or anything like that yeah well yeah. like I said four months in, in Asia um, it was just good to get back to um, it was good to get back to Australia yeah just a bit a bit more rules I could enjoy riding again yeah um, familiar foods yeah <laughs> that's right Na- no Nazi, wild cards Nazi Goran constantly just kills you <laughs> <laughs> so. I bet yeah I bet you Bows copped, yeah. a, copped yeah, a fair yeah. bit well funny thing I, I I didn't get sick on the entire trip from food. Wow. Except for when I got back to Perth. Oh, really? Yeah. Your body well, adjusting body, back, yeah, maybe. Yeah, the shock of food, you know, Yeah. I guess. So you had no um, you had no emergency um, emergency breaks along the way where you just, like, you got, was, you got a bit messy? Yeah, there was um, two, two yeah. times. <laughs> Once in France and uh, in Indonesia. Oh, right. Oh, no, it was India. India? India? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, got emergency pit stop. Yeah, right. Yeah, running into the bush. Get get creative. I thought it would happen a lot more. I'd t- I had stocks of emodium and all kinds of. Oh yeah. Like antibiotic, like I got antibiotics and stuff. Just generally prepared. Yeah, yeah. For any any sort of thing like that. Um, but uh, it was pretty good. I got lucky. It's really good. Yeah. Really good. Especially um, especially some of those other countries where the foods the foods foreign, so your body's just not used to yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean um, the food's fine, but it's yeah. just it's just a. It's just not what we're used to. Yeah. Like, and I figured this time, I gradu- gradually uh, eased my way into their food, getting from like, Eastern Europe, and then and then going to Turkey, and then Iran, and then Pakistan. So I slowly worked into their food rather than last time I flew, I went on a holiday to Thailand and from Australian food immediately thrown into Thai, <laughs> Thai food. Yeah. It was 
yeah. You were out of action for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Had you done a lot of traveling before? I mean, you mentioned just Thailand, but had you done a lot of traveling before this trip? Yeah, I've um, traveled traveled through Europe as just like a tourist. And then uh, I lived in Canada for five years. Yeah, right. Well, as a a bit of a like sort of a... Working holiday. Working working holiday, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I was just plumbing over there. It was was pretty fun. Yeah, when I was young. Yeah. So you're you're used to... um, being out of the comforts of, of, yeah, uh, yeah. of the local area and, and all that, so you're, yeah. it wasn't such a big um, a big culture shock no. in that sense. Yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, so you mentioned the other day that um, your next thing, your next endeavour is going to be Alaska. Yeah, well, I've got to finish this um, around the world. Yeah, on a motorcycle thing. Yeah, right? cool. So it'll be uh, Alaska, Anchorage, across, uh, down into Canada, yeah, and then good. across Canada. Yep. Um, probably finish up in New York or something I'll eventually do South America but uh, I've already been through Central okay so yeah. I'm, uh, I don't need to do that one okay yeah. alright so this will be it's too uh, hot for me this will be the next stage yeah, and, then, and then, uh, then another stage later on down the yeah, track yeah yeah so I'll do I'll ride across to New York and then ride back to LA yep. so, like through all like the south you know yeah I think it's an interesting sort of area yeah um, oh, yeah, yeah so I'll do that and then ship out of LA okay yeah cool yeah. cool I mean this is a lot of money it costs a lot to do I mean the preparations the, prep. the preparations are expensive riding yeah. the bike is you, it's just you can sort of do it cheap if mm. you want but yeah. at the end of the day riding I like that I'll, I'll camp I'll do all that stuff but yeah. sometimes you just need a, a comfy bed yeah that's right so. as long as you get a bit of a safety net there that yeah. when, when when it mentally gets a bit tough you can yeah. go nah yeah, well, this will be one I, of my days that I'll yeah, I, I met a lot of people on the road that would stay in, would stay in hostel after hostel yeah. camp hostel camp hostel and they were spending like four dollars a night in a, yeah, a, in a hostel. I, I could, you don't get much mm. for four dollars. No, no, not at all. Um, so I just and that to me that's not. I don't want to do that. When I travel, I, I save enough money. So I don't want to. And it, it also sort of. I mean, I don't know. It depends on the person, but I mean, I'm sure that you don't want to get to a point where most of your day is a distraction, where you're worrying more about what's going to happen that night and where yep. you're going to be and whether the conditions are going to be safe yep. and you've got somewhere to lock up your stuff and you're secure yeah. you, you kind of want to just get rid of that yeah, that variable exactly, yeah so a lot of times I'd, I'd line up accommodation that had secure parking for most like that was everything yeah. that was my life right Yeah. my motorcycle was everything I had yeah. Yeah. and if I lost that, that it was would have been a lot of dramas like if I lost my part what was on my bike hmm passport the carnet for my motorcycle blah yep. blah blah if i lost that stuff it'd be a real pain yeah so i'd always look to keep my motorcycle safe uh stuff like that and myself safe as, of, yeah of course oh, but that's yeah, secondary yeah, that's secondary yeah. <laughs> so. um are you gonna are you gonna like i mean obviously you gotta get all the funds together and plan and get all that together but are you gonna do something a bit more with um as far as documenting it and, and seeing like getting other people to see what you're doing because I know obviously yeah. I looked at your Instagram and you've got yeah. like heaps of awesome photos yeah. but uh, I don't know like have you got thoughts of what you want to do yeah. this time well I mean the, the last trip I just uh, the one I just did I was going to do like a charity thing yep um, uh, but I was a bit worried I didn't want to put the pressure on myself because I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it you know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Um, so I didn't really didn't really go ahead with it but the next time I'll probably end up doing some sort of charity for, I don't know what it, what it will be for. Probably um, the reason why I went in the first, reason yep. why I rushed it in the first place. But um, something like that, uh, and might, I might try and get a bit more like interest in the trip sort of thing. Now that I've now that I've proven that I can actually get across the world, yeah, halfway at least. You know, um, you know what you're in for to a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, like you said, I'll, I'll document a bit more. I was a bit slack this time. I, I did have a, a bit of a journal where I wrote things down, but it's just like basic point form yeah yeah but um i mean at least at least you've done that because you can always fill in the gaps later on yeah. it's just something yeah. a trigger trigger you something like, oh, the that's memory, right yeah, i remember exactly, the rest yeah. of it and yeah. i can fill it in yeah but it's good i mean i think um especially especially for a lot of people that are too scared to go and take the plunge and do something that's nowhere near as extreme as that yeah but just to get something get out of their comfort zone a little yeah. bit to see other people doing something yeah, like yeah. that yep. it's um it's a bit of a motivator it's a bit of bit of inspiration for other people to go yeah. you know what fuck it i'm gonna I'm yeah gonna well one of my friends it. um that i work with he actually messaged me and sort of said he was like oh you know i'm so stoked about this all yeah. the photos and this trip and so it's, it's it's opened my eyes and he actually made some changes to his life um 
uh, I guess I helped him along the way with it. Yep. You know, and it, it sort of made me feel well, feel pretty good. You know, yep. he's basically sold his house, um, and he's bought somewhere a lot cheaper down the coast. Yep. So he's mortgage free now, and with the money he made off his house up here, he's um, bought a like a camper van. He's taken his kids around Australia. Wow. So he sort of realised like, yeah, he's right. You know. Nice. Um, we should be doing it now. Yeah. Because tomorrow might not be here. Oh yeah. I mean, so. and, and and that's. I mean, that's that's a reality that everyone's got to face. But it's yeah. also, even if even if you know tomorrow does come, there's so many other circumstances that pop up that yeah. just yeah. They, oh, oh, the next day, the you, next day, the next day, oh, next second, you're eighty. And you you fall into the the trap of everyday life, yeah. you know, and yeah. responsibilities and yeah. things that be that make you feel like you're tied to it but you're actually not yep. and it just gets harder and harder to break out of those sort of those habits so that's yeah it. I mean while it's while it's in your head yeah. try and act on it as best as you can that's it exactly cool. yeah. well I think um, maybe before you go I reckon we should do another another catch yeah, up sure, yeah. and uh, get a bit of an insight of uh, what you're about to embark on yeah. and then I'll try and get people to follow what you're doing and yeah cool because yeah, I think um, I think it's awesome and there was one thing and I, was a, I felt a little I had a bit of a downer moment because I looked I looked at um, I was looking you up and looking up at the early things I thought oh man like for a guy that's gone through like some of the what would be seen as some of the sketchiest countries out there um, and then there's just nothing out there like mm. there's nothing documented or anything like that yeah. and I get why but um, I just thought oh man there's so many opportunities there so many because yeah. so many people will identify with that and go yeah. I, I want to do something like that or I yeah. want to just I want to yeah get that thing done that I've always been pushing back on yeah so um, it's cool it's it's exciting that you've still got uh, still got some stages to do yet yeah yeah it's I'm good. not finished yet so yeah it's good man it's, I've got a lot more world out there sounds good alright we'll go and grab another beer too easy right. thanks man cheers, cheers. bye Thanks, champions. If you want to reach out to Paul, you can find him on Instagram by searching at S-C-R-A-M-B-L-E-R underscore A-D-V-R. I'll also have that link and everything else we spoke about in the show notes over at andysocial.net, including some really cool photos from Paul's trip, some really, really cool stuff, but what a cool story. Um, As mentioned at the beginning of the episode, if you haven't seen it, please go and check out uh, that Long Way Round TV series. It is so freaking cool. Really, really cool. Um, I'm not much of like a, a movie buff or anything like that, but obviously Ewan McGregor is a massive actor, um, really, really famous. So if, even if you're a Ewan McGregor fan, um, maybe go and check it out as well. It's just, it's really, really cool. And it almost, it almost made me want to get a motorcycle and ride around the planet, but um, I wouldn't even know how to ride a motorcycle anyway. So anyway, that's for another day. But uh, everything's over at andysocial.net, so you can go and check all that stuff out. Before I wrap it up, as always, big thank you to everyone that supports the podcast um, and uh, leaves reviews on Facebook, iTunes, anywhere else on the internet. If you want to, me to see a review that you leave, because sometimes I don't see them, um, please shoot me a screenshot of what you've uh, left me somewhere in the uh, interwebs. I'll appreciate it, and I'd love to be able to say thank you to you as well. Um, that's about it, guys. Until next week, I've got more guests coming, lots of weird and wonderful people from all walks of life, as always. So thank you so much for the support. Really appreciate Appreciate it. And until next week, ta ta. You're